this house. You're going to do something today, God, that's different. Lord, you're going to begin to move in this place in a way, God, that's going to transform lives. Lord, not just because of what is said, but because your word is truth. Lord, you can't lie. You won't lie. Lord, I ask you now in the name of Jesus, do the work, Lord. Do the work, Lord. Do the work, Lord. Do the work, Father. Do the work, Father. Do the work, Holy Spirit, that needs to be done in this house. Lord, I speak now in the name of Jesus. I speak now in the name of Jesus and believe that chains are falling off and falling off in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray over a son today that's bound. I pray over a son that's bound in addiction today. And Father, I speak and believe by faith, God, right now, Lord, that he is free. Lord, that you're going to put the right people in his life. Father, you're going to put the right people, God, in his path. You're going to put the right person, God, in his path. I pray for a daughter today, God, that has been abused, that has been going through an abusive relationship, Lord. I pray for them. I pray, God, that you would release them. Lord, that you would begin to release now. Take the wrong people out of her life. Put the right people in, Lord, I pray. Father, I believe for our sons and our daughters that they will prophesy, that they will dream dreams, that they will see visions. Lord, that revival will come through our young people. Lord, that you will use them, God. If the generation now does not want you, Lord, they're not willing to seek you, Lord. I pray that our young people, Lord, would fall in love with you. They would fall in love with you, Jesus. Lord, that we would see revival in this hour that we're in, Lord. We pray that. We believe that, God. We agree for that now, Lord. We speak it, Father. I pray over marriages today, God. Lord, there are marriages in this house right now, Lord. They are not, they are not thriving, but they are surviving. They come to church together, but God, they are just barely surviving. They're holding on by thread. I speak into that marriage today. I speak into those marriages, at least three of them today, God, that you're trying to do a work in them. I pray, oh God, right now, a word over them. I pray, God, that you would teach them to pray together. God, you would teach them to come together. Lord, that you would show them, Lord, your path of righteousness, Lord. Lord, let them be in step, Lord, with the Holy Holy Spirit, and Lord, begin to walk together in unity and in power. Father, we pray it. Lord, we pray it. God, I speak that now in the name of Jesus. Lord, believe it, Father. I pray for sicknesses, Lord. Sicknesses and infirmities according to Psalms 103, 2 through 5, God. Lord, we praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, we don't forget your benefits. Lord, we thank you for not only salvation, but the one who heals our diseases, who heals our sicknesses, who heals our infirmities. Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah. I speak now healing, Lord. I believe it, Father. I come now in the name of Jesus, agreeing, God, that what Jesus did on Calvary for our healing is done. It is complete, Lord. I pray that, Father. Lord, that you would confirm it this week, God. I pray that you would confirm it this week, Lord. You would confirm it this week, Lord. Lord, we pray that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I want you to take the hand of somebody next to you. Come on, take the hand. I need the guys at the back. You got my mic. You need to turn up, please, in the house for just a few minutes. Amen. Turn up the house if you can, and, and then we're gonna, we'll, we'll get it balanced out. But I need a little bit more volume. Thank you. Thank you. Take the hand of somebody next to you. The Bible says where two or three agree. Where two or three agree, Brother David. It doesn't have to be a whole nation. It doesn't have to be a whole city. It doesn't have to be a whole county. It just says where two or three agree. 
we've come together in this place together and we've come here not just dressed up for a Sunday morning service but we come here for difference to be made in the lives of people and I'm going to tell you right now the Lord's wanting to set free some people he wants them to be and to walk in freedom not just show up to a church service not just come in and get a little bit on an altar but he really wants to set people free let them be free walk in freedom walk in freedom walk in freedom you know what some of you need to be free so your kids can get free some dad, some husband here needs to be free so his wife can get free come on in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I need you agreeing with me in prayer what are we agreeing about pastor that the Holy Spirit of God would not be bound or quenched in this spirit in this place that every shackle that we're carrying, that every weight that we brought in here with cannot stay, that under the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost from heaven, that it cannot happen, that we've come into this house and we need God to work in this place. We, more than forms or formality, more than anything else, we need the power of God to be displayed in this house. Father, we thank you again for what you're doing we thank you, Lord, that your manifest presence is what's needed in this place. God, I cannot do it. Lord, I cannot make it up. God, I'm not going to try to drum it up. God, I've been in prayer this week. Lord, Bethany has been in prayer this week. And Lord, we're just believing today that, Lord, you're going to touch hearts and you're going to touch lives. And Father, you're going to touch people who come and sit on church seats, God that need to realize that they need to be in step with you. God, that they need today to move out of their comfort zone into a place, God, maybe that's a little bit different, God, to move to the next level in you. God, that they might be free. Yes, free indeed. Lord, so their husband can be free. So their wife can be free. So their children can be free. So their next generation and the next generation can be free. Lord, we speak it now. We pray it now. We believe it now. We we bind the enemy. We bind the enemy. We bind the enemy. We bind the enemy. We bind the enemy in the name of Jesus that would try to hinder. We speak now and loose the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, we speak and loose the power of the Holy Spirit. I come against those authorities that have raised up, that have raised up in the, in the lives of people that have come in. That the world has said this is okay. Live this way. Go this way. Do this. They, the, the world has given them the other option to live another life. God, I come against that now in the name of Jesus. And I speak, Father, over every life that is here today. And let them see. Let them understand. There's one way. There is one way. And that's through you, Jesus. Through you, Jesus. Father, open our eyes today. Remove the blinders that hinder us. Us, that will not allow us to see truth. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we need you. Mm. If my people, if my people, if my people, if my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray, will pray, not, not a patty cake prayer, not a I lay me down to sleep, but if they'll pray, then I'll hear from heaven. And I'll heal their land. We need a land healing. We're in desperate times. 
Desperate times call for desperate measures. It calls for church. It calls for a body of Christ to raise up. Declare that we'll either go by the way of the the way the world has gone and make up our minds that we'll just kind of slip by and hope it, we make it to heaven or choose that we're going to walk in freedom and that we're going to help others get there too. 87% of the evangelical church never find total and complete freedom and never really discover their purpose and never make a difference. My heavens, we're missing something. It is my, my, responsibility to try to help lead you there. But I'm telling you, until our hearts are broken within, until we break, until we pray, and we get tired of our own agendas and realize that there's something greater, there's something more, we'll never get there. We'll never get there. I believe today that we're going to get there. I believe that we are in the last hours, Pastor Tagan. Not just the last days, but the last hours that Paul talked about. Paul said in one place, I was caught up in the third heaven. Whether I was in the spirit or in the body, I, I can't tell you. But I saw things, not even, not even that man could understand or could be uttered from these lips, that they would get it, they would gather. I'm telling you, God's wanting to do something great. God's wanting to do something great. Heaven is not a mystery. Heaven is reality. We talk about it at funerals, but we don't even live like you. there really is a heaven. But I'm telling you, there is. But just as much as there's a heaven, there's a hell. It's a reality, church. I know it's different. It's all right where we are this morning. I'm just praying. I'm not just praying for me. And Bethany's not just praying for her, but we're praying for you and your children. Every day, we're standing in the gap. We're going to sit down, and I'm not trying to tweet a horn, toot, toot a horn here, but I just want you to know, I hear her every day. Every day she will call out your names, Wayne and Carrie Lynch and Tegan. And I hear them calling out your, her, hear her calling out your names, every one of your children's names. She knows them like way better than I can call them out. I'll hear her rattle them off, calling to them, walk them through. Not just any woman, a Holy Ghost filled Proverbs 31 woman. Listen, you need to pray for your children and your grandchildren. Taking our daddies talked about, preached about a, a Jesus that was coming. They saw him in a, in a way that we haven't seen him. They saw him, they, they're gone to be with the Lord, they're gone. And I may not, and you may not live to see the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I believe that we will. Now if I, if I don't, don't go out and say, well, he was a false prophet, he, he died before that time. I'm just telling you, Pastor Ted, I believe we're that close, that close.
My dear children, surely you have heard, surely you know the word and the truth. I have spoken to you, you your, my spirit in your spirit today. I am coming soon. I am calling you. I am beckoning you. Live near me. Live close to me. Draw near to me. You are my son. You are my daughter. Know that I will return in the same manner that I went away. I'm calling you. I'm beckoning you now. Bless him. Would you just honor him for a moment? If you will, would you just honor him for a moment? Just honor him. Just honor him. Just honor him. Lord, we honor you. We honor you today. 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 Lord, we honor you today. Lord, we honor you today. Jesus, have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, we need you. today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm waiting on the Lord. Let's see where he wants to go this morning with this. I know the Lord's been dealing with my heart, speaking to my heart. Holy Spirit, we thank you again for your work here today. Lord, what you're going to do and what you're already doing, I pray, Father, that, Lord, we'll hear you. Lord, we'll hear you through your word. Lord, as you've spoken to us, God, through, Lord, an interpretation, you've given us, God, a word. Lord, we just pray, God, that you go with us today, Lord, from the rest of the service into, Father, what you're wanting to say, God, to us. Lord God, it's a, it's a wake-up call, Father, in our hearts. Lord, that we would hear you. We would hear you. We would hear you to open up. Father, we pray now, Lord, we'd be receptive to your word. Receptive to your word. Lord, we pray it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Would you give the Lord honor? Amen. As you're seated this morning. I love the Word of God. The Word of God is what is truth. It's what we need to hear. In the last week, we started a, a series. We titled it The Blueprint. And the blueprint is all about me having passion for what God has already said in the Bible about the church. 
Last week we talked about know God. We talked about how important it was that we know God. Now here's the thing. We live in the South and most people in the South, if you ask them, do you know God? They would tell you, yes. I would say if you took a survey on the outside of this church that you would find most of the people walking beyond the church and past it, even on a Sunday morning, would tell you that they know God. They know who He is. Jesus said something very powerful in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. He said to Peter, upon this, church, upon this rock I will build my church. And he basically was saying that he would build the church and he made it very possessive and he called it his church. My church, meaning that he loved the church, that he cared about the church, and that he would build it in a way, not, not buildings, but he would do it through his people. And the only way that you and I can honestly understand or take possession of what is already belongs to the Lord is when you and I believe that we belong to him and that the person sitting next to us is a part of that, but not only that, is that the places that we come to worship, this building that we've come into, it isn't just my building, it isn't, doesn't belong to me, but when, when we do what God's called us to do, the building is a part of God's work, and it's mine. I'm giving my tithe here, I give my offerings here, and so if there's a, you know, if a bathroom needs to be wiped down the counter, well, then I do that because I take ownership of it. Not because I give my tithe, but I love God. Are you following me? The theme of this series, or the theme for this series, the verses, are Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. I'm going to take you into this, and I'm going to get you as far as I can go with it this morning. And it says this, this is what it says, Asking God, our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom, not, not natural wisdom, but spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow. Somebody say grow. In your knowledge of God. When you know who God is. You, a lot of people, they recognize or they say they know who God is, but to really know God, what is that? I pray that your hearts would be flooded with the light. And that's where we're going to go today. That your hearts are flooded with the light. Somebody say hearts flooded with light. Hearts flooded with light is freedom. It's where you now not only understand who God is, but you start to walk in the freedom that God has given to you. Look at this, so that you can understand the confident hope that He has given to those He has called His holy people who are His rich and glorious inheritance. So today we're going to talk about how can I find freedom. One of the first things you need to know about freedom, and this is very important, not the picture that's up, but the, but the point that I'm going to give you is this. Everybody, this is worth writing down. You're going to hear it multiple times. Your tomorrows will not open. Your future will not open in, to you until you settle your yesterdays. You can come to church you can know God, you can experience God, you can sit in a church service and say, I feel, I feel God here. I, I feel like I, I recognize who God is in this place and have never settled yesterday. What do you mean by settling yesterdays? Most of us 
who know God come in, we, we, we give our heart to Christ, we now have accepted Him into our life, but we still are dealing with stuff from our past. And like shadows on a wall that absolutely make no sense to us because all we see is the shadows, but we really don't hear the truth because we're believing something that's not really there. It's kind of like the bear scenario that you give if you've ever in the dark kind of kind of been afraid of what's going on, you're not really sure about it, and you see these shadows and all you can think about is bears because that's what you think is there, that's what you think is going on, that's what you think is about to take over your life, but all you really see is the shadows, you're not really hearing the voice of God. Listen to me, that will keep you in your past. It will keep you scared of what's going on in your past. Our desire for you while you're here in this church is to be able to settle your yesterdays. But we've got to help you to be able to do that. That means there's a lot of people who are dealing with divorce in their past. They're dealing with a lot of baggage in their past. They're dealing with attempts of suicide in their past. They're dealing with a lot of stuff that's going on. A mixed up, messed up family life that they've come from. A lot of times they're dealing with that stuff. How can I do that? Well, it's helping you to settle those things. One of the things that we believe is very important is when you come here to this church is to... Understand Jesus and his redemptive hospitality that he offers. What do you mean redemptive hospitality? Meaning that everywhere Jesus went, people wanted to be around him. They wanted to know him. They wanted to sense. They wanted to see him. When Jesus left the earth, he said to you and I that we are now the hands and the feet of the gospel. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. And the work that we, he did, we are to continue to do. So not only did people want to be around Jesus and want to be around the work that he did, but people ought to want to be around us and the things that he's doing through us. Are you with me? So in order for that to happen, a lot of it doesn't happen normally, necessarily, on a Sunday morning. We want you to feel that. We want you to come in and we have people say, I feel good when I come to church. I feel good when I'm here. I feel like God's doing something in the church. But usually that test comes on another day. The test or the test of true freedom doesn't normally happen on Sunday morning. It normally comes Monday through Saturday. Hang with me just a minute because we're going to make a little bit of a transition here. What do you mean by that? It's where you live. It's where you work. It's where you shop. It's where you go to school. It's where you do ministry. It's where ministry happens in your life. And that's why we say that life is done better together and not alone. We believe that it's important that the person sitting next to you, which may be your spouse, it may be a friend, and they may be sitting on the other end or in a seat behind you or a seat in front of you, is more important in your life than you may recognize. That I watch people, the people who I watch, that a lot of times don't ever really walk out their freedom are the ones who try to separate themselves out from the body of Christ. They try to separate themselves out from other people in the church because they feel like they don't really need those people. And the truth of it is you need them more than you realize. Remember what I'm going to say right here, and that is this. God created us in His own image, and we are relational beings. And real change happens in the context of of relationships and that's not just your husband it's not just your wife it's not just your kids it's when you start doing life together when you understand hey God put those people in my life for a divine purpose God wants to use them 
to help walk out my freedom. I was standing this morning in the, in the front entrance of the church as we were coming in. I came behind Pastor Bethany. She had to be here early, and so I chose to stay home and do some things I needed to do and then come to the church. And so I just kind of moseyed in through the front area of the church and talked to some of them in children's ministries before we ever, I ever came over here. And then, we came, and then I came in here, and then as I was standing there, and I was noticing as the front area of the church fills up, if, if you're here at 10 o'clock or you're here at a little bit after, you'll know that that front area gets pretty full in there. But one of the greatest things that I notice in there isn't that there are people laying hands on other people, which is not a bad thing or anything like that, or praying over those people, but everybody in that room is in conversation with somebody else in that room. In other words, they could have come and just sat down in here and just said, well, I'm going to just come sit down in here and kind of get out of the way. But they chose really to get in conversation with somebody out there. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me that true freedom begins and happens in the context of relationship. Everybody wants to know somebody and everybody wants somebody to know them. They want people of influence in their life. And you have more influence than what you realize. Let me help you here real quick. What does freedom look like? I'm going to give you some quick stuff this morning to help step you through that. The first thing, very simple. True freedom starts but with knowing God. You can't even begin to think about walking in freedom, true freedom, without knowing God. You can't, you can't even have real freedom until you start by knowing and having a relationship with God. True freedom is found in the context of relationship, and the first relationship that you've got to have is a relationship with the Father. Come on, somebody. And the only way that you can have that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the only way that it can be done and the only way that it will be done. It's when you give your heart to Christ that this freedom journey begins. When you come on Sunday mornings and you worship and you lift your hands up, that is intended to give you an encounter with God so that you can feel His presence. Listen to this. And that you can feel Free. I have people who come to church that leave church that never walk to an altar that are lost, they're far from God, they never have given their hearts to Christ. Tell me, man, I sense, I feel something when I'm there. I feel good when I'm there. I feel like I'm clean when I'm there. What is that? That is the presence of God in this place. That is, that is the all power of the Spirit of God coming into a place. That is God wanting to do a work on the inside of you and saying you were created for relationships. You were created for this. And all I want to do is love you and have a relationship with you. I don't really want to judge you. It's, it's not my plan to judge you. My plan is to love you and to draw you close to me. Amen. Feel free. But you can't always go on your feelings. You've got to go on the fact that you know that you have been. Now we use a word called deliverance. And that's often used in church, a lot of times in church, but deliverance, listen to this, is how God puts freedom in you. When you give your heart to Christ, it's a work that only the Lord can do inside of you. Why is it that a person can come, he can pray a simple prayer, he can pray it in his in the seat that he's in, and leave and feel like something has changed on the inside, that he is clean? Well, I can tell you that's the only way that can happen is through Christ Jesus and through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how he puts freedom in you. But discipleship is that 
what gives, or, or, or that's the freedom working out of you and around you. What do you mean by that, Pastor? When you begin to be disciple, when you get relationships into your life, when you get these people into your life and things begin to change, all of the past, your yesterday, began to be settled. When you realize that I need somebody that I can talk to that can help me with what I've been going through. I gave my heart to Christ. I told him that I was sorry. I asked him to forgive me, but there is some stuff in my past that I need to get worked out. Hang with me. I'm going to share with you in just a few minutes how you can do that. How can I be free, Pastor? Well, the Bible says this. i got a lot of scripture to give you. Philippians 2.13 For God is also working, somebody say, in you. He's giving you the desire. You know what? A lot of us need the desire and the power to do what pleases Him because a lot of times once we've given our heart to Christ, once we begin to live in this relationship with Jesus, then we're like, I can't do this on my own. I don't have the power on my own. I find myself messing up. I find myself saying things that I shouldn't say. I find myself doing things, watching things, looking at things. Come on, somebody, reading things that I should not. Lord, how can I do this? Let me give you a little, a little story or background. There's a story in the Bible about the children of Israel. 400 years, they would find themselves in what is called Egyptian slavery. Now, Egyptian slavery, guys, you're going to have to turn down. I think it's maybe these monitors that are humming a little bit, maybe. They find themselves in Egyptian slavery. Now, generations after generations have passed since Joseph. The start of the story is this. Joseph, if you'll remember, was a young man who his brothers hated. They threw him in a pit. He was sold off. They thought they, were try- they thought they were doing him in, but yet God was using his life for a purpose that was greater than and beyond what he ever thought. I just need to tell you that some of you have been through some things in your life, in your past, and you didn't know how in the world God could ever use that to really get glory from it, to really use you. But Joseph is a prime example of how God could take a situation that looks horrible and bad and turn it around for his glory. God basically took Joseph's life and used his life to save a whole generation of people. A whole nation of people. Not just one generation, but a whole nation of people. 400 years later, Pharaohs have changed. Joseph is now gone. They find themselves, they have been in slavery all of these years. They went down to Egypt. The Israelites did. They did this for a purpose because they were trying to not starve to death. There was a lot that happened. Here's the thing. When they got there, generation after generation dies because 400 years have passed by. So the original generation worshiped God. They worshiped God. They only worshiped God Jehovah. But the next generation began to see the worship of not only God Jehovah, but also the worship of what the Egyptians did. And so they started kind of somewhat living like and trying to mix in the relationships or the religions of other things instead of worshiping the one true God. Here it is, bottom line. Once they were delivered from Egyptian slavery after 400 years of bondage, the generation that was left that came out is now having to wonder whether or not they're supposed to serve God, the true God, who's bringing them out, or what they have learned in Egypt, which was a lot of different gods. Are you with me? 
Here's the point. They did get out of Egypt. They were delivered out of Egypt. And it was the hand of God that delivered them. But there was still a lot of Egypt in them. And for most of us, we go to church, we sit on a chair, we hear the worship, we lift our hands, we even say that we know God, but according to what we can read and according to what we understand, that there's a lot of people in church that have gotten out of the world per se, but they still got a lot of the world in them. Are you with me? Most of us have spent a lifetime living in the way of the world. And then we take our first step in accepting Christ and we still struggle with our past life. Are you with me? And there are three things, and I'm going to run through these quickly because I don't have the time that I would love to really spend on them, that I believe that once you find or you know God in order for you to find freedom, really find it, that needs to happen as a believer. First of all and foremost, you need to fall in love with Jesus. If you're going to get the world out of you, you've got to fall in love with Jesus, which means that I'm more in love with Him. In other words, on Sunday morning, I don't have to try to figure out whether I'm going to show up at church or I'm not going to show up at church. It's not that church is going to get me to heaven, but I know that I need to be there because I need to draw near to Him. I need to get closer to Him. So I'm going to fall in love with Jesus. John 14, 15. Look at this. If you love me, put that verse up if you will, guys. Obey my commandments. Okay, pastor, I get it. I understand it. I see what it's saying. I need to obey his commandments. If I'm going to love God, I'm going to obey his commandments. Can I tell you something right here, right now? Let's just get this out of the way. Let's understand this. There is a comma that says, if you love me. You know what I think we need to do? We need to choose which side of the comma we're going to live on. Is this all about an obedience thing that somehow or another I got to just obey or God's like a taskmaster? Or is it the fact that I just love him? and I'm falling in love with him so much that I'm going to do this because I do love him. Amen. Amen. Secondly, look at this. The second thing is this. Don't allow condemnation. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, Now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit, look at this, has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Do you know what sets you free? Most of us, listen to this, walk around with the shame game. Y'all have heard me talk about that. We're believing what our past says about us. We're living in condemnation. We live in the fact that our past still is there. But the Bible says that there is no condemnation to those who belong in Christ. That's free in, in itself because, listen to me, if you, believe, if you belong to Him, you have been freed. What frees me? Life-giving spirit has freed me from the power of sin and death. I am not what yesterday has said about me. I am what Jesus said about me right now, which says that I am free. Yes, I am free indeed. Thirdly, if you're going to know God, listen to this, and you're going to be free, you've got to make it a choice every day. Deuteronomy 30, 19 said, This day I call to heaven and earth as a witness against you, and I have set before you, look at this, life and death. Blessing and curses. Look at this. Now choose, everybody say it with me, life. you got to make a choice every day. 
you got to make a choice every day that you're going to live. you got to make a choice about what you're speaking over your family. you got to make a choice that you're speaking over your children. you got to make a choice of what you're speaking over your grandkids. You've got to make a choice every day in your life. And you've got to make a choice of whether you're going to serve Him or you're not going to serve Him. One of the things that I remember about giving my heart to the Lord is I said, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I will live for you. I will love you. Lord, from this day on, Lord, I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn around tomorrow. I've done come too far now to turn back. So I'm going to live for Jesus every day. I make a choice to do that. Amen. All right. Let me move on. Secondly, Freedom is discovered best through accountability in relationships. I'm having to give this to you quicker than I thought I would, but let me just give it to you the way that I know to give it to you. Look at this. I thought about this a lot. I want to say and I want to think as painfully as it is that my preaching would bring a life-changing impact upon your life, that you would never be the same. But I know that that's not always the case. That most of the time what I say, you've got to go back and either re-listen to it or re-watch it or look at your notes to even remember what I said. Not that it's that bad, but I can prove this to you. Now we've already talked about what last week was about. We already touched on that. But if I were to ask you previous to that, what were the last five messages that I preached? There's probably one person in this building that could go back through notes and some of it wouldn't even have been some of it what I preached because I missed, I know, one Sunday of that, but could go back and tell you what that is. That would be my wife because she pretty much takes my wife's notes. She's pointing at Amber, too, that takes notes. But let me ask you something. If I ask you, name me three to five people in your life that have made a lasting impact on you. Most of you could tell me about a lot of good people, both good and bad. Might be coaches, might be teachers, might be a family member, might even be a pastor, may even be a youth pastor, whatever it is. But you can tell, you can tell why. Because listen to this, don't misunderstand me. I believe we need good worship service. I believe that we need good preaching. I need, I want to give you the most and the best that I can every time we come here because hearing the word of God is very powerful and important in finding freedom in your identity with Christ. But I'm telling you, there is a element that we a lot of times look over and that is relationships. That's people around you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says, Two people are better off than one, for they will help each other succeed. If one falls down, the other one can reach out and help him. But if someone falls alone, he's in real trouble. The Bible's not talking about, hey, I've fallen down and I can't get up. The Bible's saying in a spiritual way, you need, in order to have spiritual freedom, God has designed you to link arm in arm with somebody else and walk with them. I love my wife, but there are times that I need somebody else to talk to. You guys find that same thing. As much as you love your spouse, there's sometimes that you need somebody else to talk to. Sometimes there's uh, some of you ladies that need another woman to talk to. Come on, somebody. You men that need another man to talk to that can understand that. Look what Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 says. Likewise, two people laying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? 
A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two standing back to back, look at this, back to back and conquer. Three or even better, a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Look at this. The Bible says that when two people are standing back to back, they can conquer. Why is that? Because you know what's coming along, what's, what's coming uh, behind you. When you can't see, I can't see what's behind me. Somebody could be making faces, and they may be making faces right now. But if I've got somebody standing at my back right now, amen, there's no way that something from the rear or from the back is going to attack me. I'm telling you, they've got my back. Can I tell you that that's what a small group is all about? That's what a house to house is all about? It is about somebody else having your back. When you need somebody to pray for you, when you don't know what else to do, what else to pray, can I tell you that's what this is all about? Amen. Your life will rise and it will fall on the company or the relationships that you keep. You can take a portrait of your friends and you will know a lot about your future. Take a portrait of the people that are closest to you and you will know a lot about your future. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 and 19 says, I tell you the truth, that whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I tell you also that if two agree on earth as concerning anything, ask my Father in heaven, and look what he said, he will do it. You know what I'm convinced of? I'm convinced that there are many of us that have bound things here on earth that are we're still in dealing with, we're still having to work on. Why is it that way? Because there are things that we've also loosed in our lives that are still bound. Why? Because verse 19 holds a key. If two will agree. That's why I'll tell you, come on guys, let's join hands. Let's agree together. Not where hundreds are, not where thousands are. He says a small group of people that will just come together and they will agree two that will agree, friends that will decide that God will be first in my life. We're going to stand back to back and believe that God is able to take care of our life, that he's going to help us, that we're going to be able to stand together. Can I tell you that God wants to put the right people in your life at the right time to do what he's calling you to do. And it isn't always found on a Sunday morning church service like this. Most of the time it's found in a smaller group when we come to Amen. Let me move on. I want to read James 5.16 to you. It says this, Confess your sins one to another. Pray for each other. Look at this. So that you may be healed. Somebody say healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I'm going to tell you that it's true that only Jesus can forgive your sins. He's the only one that can forgive you of your sins. He did not say, confess your sins to each other to be forgiven. You can confess your sins to me all you want to, and you won't be forgiven. I can't forgive you of those sins. But Jesus did say, look at this, confess to each other that you might be what? You know what this is? This is relational. This is relational. God has designed each of us to need someone else to talk to. We need to do that. I'm gonna, I want everybody to look up here at me and hear what I'm about to say. Because This is going to sound bold. It's going to sound brash. I know there's a lot of this has been teaching this morning. But hear what I'm going to tell you. Facebook and Instagram isn't the play. 
You can post it there all you want to. You can, you can, you can, you know, get on that soapbox there all you want to. But I'm telling you, that's not the place. The thousand people that call you friends on Facebook, you don't know most of them. You haven't seen them in years. You connected with them because they were in high school at some point, at some time. But when it really comes down where the rubber meets the road, when you really need somebody, when you've got wounds that go much deeper than just the surface, you need somebody that you're close to, that you that believes the way that you believe and can pray. I don't want just anybody, but I want somebody who can pray and get a hold of heaven when I need that, and that only comes in small groups. I heard something today that I want to share with you and I'm, as I'm trying to get down to a close as quick as I can. There are wounds that all of us deal with. I've heard sometimes many of those wounds. Now we've got people in here that are in the medical field. They can verify this, but I had a surgery about in 2015 so I can kind of verify some of this. They say there are two things critical for wounds to heal. One of those is the fact that you keep them uncovered or that you don't cover them. You say, well, why do we put a Band-Aid on it then, Pastor? Well, that's the second thing. And a lot of that is, or the second thing is you're trying to keep dirt out of it. But hear this, that really the second most important thing is to let it bleed. Have you ever had something that you did when you, when you did it, it didn't really bleed much, but it was so sore the next day? Wow, man, that really hurt. That was just a paper cut. Why did it feel that way? Hear me. I think there's something spiritual here. And I, I can't say this is, this is something divine revelation, but I think it's important. First thing you need to know about your wounds is that you need to stop covering them up. Sometimes, look at me, hear me, hear what I'm about to tell you. Bleeding helps to heal the wound. Sometimes we need to come into a place together where it's just a bunch of men or about three or four men in a group or maybe it's some of you ladies together. Sometimes it may even be in a church service where the band-aid or the, uh, or the wound is uh, ripped off so that we can heal. Amen. Everyone needs freedom because every one of us have issues with sin in our life. Thirdly, let me give this to you. There is no discipleship. What's discipleship? Discipleship is found in relationships. It's where we work together to work on your past so that you can come into your future. There's no discipleship without relationship. In other words, in order to be discipled, you really need relationships in your life. God never intended for you to just be, Him to become your religion. I did, this is what I do. I go to church. It's what I do. I sit in church. That's what I do. I read my Bible because if I don't read my Bible, I don't want to go to hell. I pray because I don't want to go to hell. I serve God because I don't want to go to hell. Listen to me. He does not want to be your religion. Hear me. God never intended to be your religion. He wants to be, listen to this, in a relationship with you. And at Refuge Church, we've been blessed. Bethany and I fill out reports that we, have, we do that, that keeps us accountable for what's going on. And we 
We try to track how many salvations we've seen, how many rededications that we know for a fact are rededications. We knew that this past, uh, just a few weeks ago, we had over 24 people that came and were water baptized, that confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior and asked to be water baptized. And as a community, we need to be, as a community, as a group, we need to be discipling them in smaller groups. That means that it takes you stepping up when we launch in in the fall again for our small groups to say, you know what, I'll host one of those groups. I'll do that. I want to see somebody that has given their heart to Christ really begin to walk out. There's something that I can give to them. I want to see them walk out their faith in Christ. I'm going to tell you not everybody is called to pastoral ministry, but everybody is called to ministry. Jesus' disciples walked with him for three years on the earth. And when he found Simon Peter, Simon Peter was out dragging in nets, fishing, probably more more than likely without a stitch of clothes on, rough cut, probably didn't talk the best, and everything else. Three years later, when Jesus got ready to leave the earth after he was crucified, buried, and now resurrected and would, would go back to the Father, can I tell you that those disciples still had issues? Come on, somebody. They still was wondering about the kingdom. There was a lot that they didn't understand. Can I tell you, not only do they have issues, there's a lot of us that still have them as well. Somebody said, well, pastor, what's the answer? You got some kind of instant discipleship thing that that's going to fix everything that is going on? I'm going to tell you something. Just because you show up here and just because you are always uh, in church here, does not mean that you ever arrive at the place that you're, you don't ever have any problems anymore. Here's what I think. Here's what I believe. I believe as long as you're here, you're always in a discipleship program. You're always working through issues. You're always working through stuff. There's always something going on in your life. That's why, listen to this, we believe in what's the next step. What is the next step? What is the next step in what I need to do? Discipleship is a constant process in your life, and that's why you need the right people in your life all the time. You don't need the wrong people. Some of you are hanging out with the wrong people. You, you Come on, somebody. You're trying to figure out, and there, there's so much here that I can say. You're trying, to, you're trying to work through issues in your life, sitting on a bar stool, and you can't do it. A bartender is not going to fix your problems. Only Jesus can. And listen to this, not only that, but you need some people in your life who have been where you have been that now are free in Christ, that are working through their stuff, and they're going to be free as well. You need to walk with them arm in arm so they can help you get through. Are you with me? When Jesus was talking to his disciples and the crowds of people were around him, sometimes they would hear Jesus talking in parables. They were stories they didn't understand. Why did he do that? Here's why. When he got out into the big groups, he would preach to them what they could understand. When he got in small, let me back up. Sometimes when he was in the larger groups, he would speak to them in parables, and they didn't quite understand all of it. Then Jesus would get them together, and while they were in smaller groups, he would work out what they heard in the larger groups. Are you with me? Let me, let me point this off. Let me cap this off. Some of our groups are very, um, they're, they're not Bible-driven groups. 
even though we asked them to pray, we asked them to have a, have a devotion and all of that. But some of them are more biblically driven. In other words, that's what they do. Maybe it's a prayer service. Maybe they come together for a Bible study. I'll have people that will say, what do I do in my small group? How do I work now? Angela has been one of those. We, Beth and I are both in more than one small group. Angela and Sammy have, have led small groups for quite some time here. One of the things I noticed about what she does is something I never really said to her, this is what you should do, but it's something that I believe is very important and something that needs to be used. She would take the messages that were preached on Sunday morning and digest them down and take just two or three things from them and they would talk about what was said here on Sunday morning. You know what? That's what Jesus did. Jesus would talk to those groups and he would tell them things and that when he would get the disciples together in smaller groups, he would digest down what he said and he would explain it to them. I want you to stand with me. We're going to close. What's inspirational in a small group becomes more impartational. I'm, I'm sorry. What's inspirational in a, small, in a large group becomes more impartational in a small group. What do you mean by that, Pastor? You cannot have complete deliverance without discipleship. And discipleship doesn't come without relationship. And relationship, you can't know God without having a relationship with Him. It all ties together. I think we've made it too hard in finding freedom. What is finding freedom? Guys, if you will, start something real, real slow. Finding freedom is very, very simple. It's that I realize that I'm on a journey and I'm walking this journey. And sometimes on this journey, I find myself in a place that I can't do this all alone. I've got to have somebody that can help me. Now, I want you to know the first line of defense is always prayer. You need to be in prayer. You need to be praying. That, that's your relationship with God. But there are times when I realize I, 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 need, I, need, to, I need somebody with me. I need somebody who's going to help me. The enemy has been on my back. He's been attacking me, and I don't know really what direction to go. I, I'm not sure what to do. I've prayed. I've tried to talk to my wife, but I'm dealing with some stuff. See, we've been there. I'm dealing with some stuff that I really need somebody who can, who can help me. So I say, you know what? I know that the house to house is what we call it at this point. It's the life group. Uh, is, is small groups it would be a good name for it as well but I know that they meet together they're about an hour and a half long a bunch of men's going to come together and I really believe that in that small group I might be able to find somebody that I can talk to that's what it's about it's about creating relationships so now I'm almost down to the point that I gotta have if I don't have somebody I don't know what I'm going to do next so I'm walking along and I find somebody. Now, if I'm going to find somebody, 
I ain't going to find me somebody little. I'm going to find me somebody big. Now, I don't drag this person off at the first house-to-house meeting and tell him all my deepest, darkest secrets. But I start developing a relationship. Hey, man, my name's Tony. I've been coming to RC for a few weeks, a few months, and decided to come to coffee. And you, it doesn't have to be an odd thing, but we realize, he realizes, hey, I'm a person like he is. And he realize, and I realize, just like I need to talk to somebody, he does too. And he and I begin to talk, and every now and again we send a text, maybe a scripture or something like that. And the next thing I know, we're in a prayer group, or we're praying for each other, or praying, and he says, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you every day. You know what he did? Watch this. He's saying, I got your back. You need somebody that's got your back. Amen? So he said, two, when they, if one falls, if that one falls, it's hard for that person to get up, but if if you got somebody there to help you, that's why I say don't get you a small person. I'm teasing in that somewhat, but you want somebody that can help you. Amen. And then we, we begin to pray. Now, we haven't developed this clique or club or something. We're trying to keep everybody out. We're just agreeing together that, hey, if I need prayer, I can talk to you. If you need prayer, you can talk to me. And then we realize there's something about this that we draw strength from. And the thing that I was battling with, it doesn't seem like it's attacking me like it was because now I got somebody got my back. I got somebody else praying for me. I got somebody else who realizes that I I need this. And not only that, but they need me too. It's a small group. We have small group leaders that kind of sometimes get discouraged because they don't have the 20 people that signed up in their launch at their small groups. We don't get discouraged because that's why it's called small group. A small group. Are you with me? Thank you, Pastor Taylor. This message has been probably a little different, a little more teachy. Maybe not what some expected, but hey, it's what I feel like I needed to share today. I want to do something very different and open. If, if you want to know, it is right at 12 o'clock. If you're wondering what time it was. I, I'm really asking the Lord, even through this whole service, Lord, how can I do this with just making this something different I don't want to make it odd or make it weird but I want to make it impactful upon you how many would be honest and say how many men would be honest let me back up how many women would be honest and say I've been going through something in my life that I really wished that I had somebody to pray with me and help me. Would you be honest? Everybody looking this way? Got a lot of people looking this way? Yeah, a lot of you. 
chance in. Now, the harder one is for us men. How many of us men would say, you know, I've really been going through something and I, I really need somebody to pray with me? Praise God. You can put your hand down. Would the ladies that lifted your hand, would you guys be so bold as to walk to this front? Come on. You're, you, I'm just, you just, just be that bold. You know what? This is just honesty at its greatest level, and I'm doing this not for me because I didn't have to do this. We could have prayed and went home. These ladies are honest this morning. Now, I could pray for each one of you, but the truth of it is, Sister Vicki, there's probably a lot of you going through stuff that I have no clue how to even to work through this. I don't understand it all. That's okay. I have a feeling that there are ladies standing here today that are in this front that do have that feeling. They are going through that. I want you guys in groups of three, no more than four, to join hands. In other words, find three or four people. You may not even be standing by somebody. Just I want you to make a circle. Make a circle. There you go. That'll help it. We're not trying to exclude anybody. As long as it's two or more, that's really what we want. Now I want to ask this one because this is going to be a little bit difficult. How many of you men would put your pride down and say, Pastor, I got some stuff going on. I need some prayer. There were people who raised their hand. Be honest. Be honest. You lifted your hand. Would you come? Just find you a spot somewhere. I want you men to kind of come together closer. Ladies, it's the way it always is. I want you to do something. Men, I, I want you to, if you have to find this area right here, I know you're kind of spread out. I want y'all to make a group of either threes or fours. We're going to pray, but we're going to pray for each other. Guys, you don't have to hold hands if you don't want to. I understand it. I get it. Can I tell you something? We're going to pray, but this is what walking out freedom looks like because if I ask some some of you gravitated to people you knew you could tell that with these younger people they found they didn't want to find somebody with white hair they want to find somebody that was young some of you gravitated to people you knew because you feel comfort in that now I could mess you up and say hey go find somebody you really don't know and, and do that and that might be a little bit more difficult but we're not going to do that I'm not even asking you this morning unless the Lord's dealing with you to, t to just share somebody. You don't have to go into no detail this morning to confess your faults. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I really want more than anything else for you to pray for that person. Would that be all right? And it's going to take you opening your mouth 
and being vocal. But I'm going to tell you this is okay because this is what freedom looks like. We have got to realize that Sunday morning is great. Wednesday night is great. We think you should be here. We think it's a good thing. But we believe that small groups, smaller groups, are really where this thing really begins to see freedom. Really, really, really come to pass. Isolation is never good. Anytime we watch people isolate themselves, we always see issues. We see problems, and it gets worse. So here's what I want to do. Would you start? And I need one person in that group to just start out by praying. If you guys that are here join together, if you'll group up, these guys here with with uh, Jeremy, if you guys will group up, and I need you to pray. I'm going to pray. Ladies, I need you praying for each other. Father, come on, lift your voices. Come on, ladies, lift your voices. I know you can pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for godly men. I thank you, Lord, for the blessing, God, of having godly men. I thank you, Lord, today, Lord, for young people, God, who love you, God, who care for you, Lord, who today, Lord, will pray for each other. Lord, they were honest with each other, saying, Lord, there's something in their life they need to work out. Father, we thank you for that now. We thank you. We praise you, Father. We ask you now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to do the work, God, that, Lord, only you can do. Father, we praise you. We pray, Father, that you would bless their homes, bless their families, bless, Father, Lord, everything that is going on, Father, right now. Lord, we pray whatever the issue might be, whatever the stronghold might be, whatever it is, God, that's keeping them bound, whatever it is, God, that's keeping them pulled down, we pray for freedom, God. We ask you and believe for freedom. We believe. the chains are falling off, that the shackles are falling off. God, we believe that now in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, church, pray. We really need to know how to pour out our hearts before the Lord. We really need to learn to pour out our hearts before the Lord. Father, only you can.
your way, Holy Spirit. Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When you finish praying, would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Would you thank Him for what He's doing? Would you thank Him for somebody? Would you thank Him for a new friend you made? Maybe you, you thank Him this morning for somebody that pray, that would pray with you now from now on. Lord, I thank You. Thank You, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord, we love You. Thank You, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands. Come on, I know it's sometimes it takes us letting down the pride thing. Just just letting it down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands. Worship Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, church. Your kids are worth it. Your spouse is worth it. It's If you just take a moment to just worship Him, I promise you, it'll be worth it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Worship Him. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
I need, I need some daddies. I need every daddy listening to me, looking at me. Hopefully we don't get a fuss here before I can get done. I told you that a lot of you cannot remember the last five messages that I've preached. But you could name four or five people that have influenced you most in your life. Now my days of this, unless the Lord gives me grandchildren, is past. My children are grown. But I want to tell you something. At 28, 24, and 25 years old, when there's problems and when there's something going on, let me tell you whose phone's still ringing. Because mom and daddy's got influence. But daddy's listen to me. If you want your kids to go to church, now I know you say, Pastor, my kids are scattered out. They're, I've got them everywhere, three of them everywhere right now with their spouses. If you want your family to serve the Lord, you better find out and figure out how you can make the time to be in church. Because they will do what you do. We got Father's Day coming up. We got a special Sunday. We're going to be talking about uh, that Sunday, the last of in our vision, and I'm gonna. It's going to be geared toward our our dads. We're going to have some great giveaways. We've already got some stuff lined up. Can't wait. Excited about it. But if you want your family to serve the Lord, you better figure out how you can get them here, get them in church, get them planted, get them established. Because if you don't, if you're if you're Wayward. If you're back and forth and can't figure it out, they will do the same thing as well. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You don't waver from that. That's the decision you've made. I will serve the Lord. I want freedom in my house first and foremost. Amen. Arrows in the hands of mighty men. How you choose to direct them is up to you. And mamas, you make a big influence and a big impact. And we know that because every time you're on camera, you say, Hey, mom. <laughs> but when there's trouble, when they really need somebody, I'm telling you, daddy is most of the time the one that they look to. It's the one they're looking for in the midst of it. Amen. Pastor Tegan, would you come and pray for us? Heavenly Father, thank you this day for gracious with your presence, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the what we felt, Lord Jesus, as you poured out your spirit on us this morning, Lord. Thank you for the message, Lord. I believe that we're here today to hear, Lord, the word that you've given to us, Lord. It's not by chance, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to touch each and every person in this congregation, the, the mothers and fathers, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we can, Lord, find freedom, Lord. First of all, we want to know you, Lord, but we want to find freedom, Lord Jesus, I pray. Lord, help us, Lord, take this word out of this house today and share it, Lord, to our neighbors, our friends, our families, Lord Jesus, so that they can be free as well, Lord Jesus. I ask you to touch each working dad and each working mom, Lord, this week as they try.